The message you're about to listen to is produced by CRIC Media. Roadmap to uncommon accomplishments. I do not believe that God ordained my life or your life to be ordinary. I don't think so. In Psalm 71 verse 7, David said, I have become as a wonder to many, but you are my strong refuge. In other words, David's life was a marvel. God wants to do something with your life that will bring great glory to his name. Thought I'll get a better amen. Yes. Because God doesn't manufacture junks or sponsor flops. If God made you, you are the best you there is. And the amazing thing about God is that God doesn't make a copy. Every individual is a definite, unique original. No one has your fingerprint. No one has the same pupil like you do. No one has the same ear lobes like you do. You are absolutely unique. Tell someone I'm unique. Yeah, you're unique because you're designed for a unique purpose. Can I get an amen? amen. All right. Let's look at Jeremiah 6 verse 16, our text in this study. The Bible says, Thou says, Lord, stand in the ways and see and ask for the old paths. Now, it has been said, it's a wise man that asks questions. Because if you learn to ask questions, you minimize your frustrations. There's something you don't know. See, there's something you don't know. And that's why we read. So stand in the ways and see and ask for the old parts, where the good way is, and walk in it. Then you will find rest for your souls. But it said, we're not walking it. So according to the word of God, there are guaranteed parts. Then if we follow, we will have success. Amen. In John 8 verse 12, Jesus said, I am the light of the world. It says, he that follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. You see that? So there are paths when you follow them, success is guaranteed. Amen. All right. Now I want us to look at Psalm 103 verse 7. The Bible says God made known his ways to Moses and his acts to the children of Israel. If you don't want to be a spectator in life, then you need a revelation of the ways of God. And the ways of God are his mode of operation, the way God works. If you learn how to cooperate with God and partner with God, then you're definitely going to achieve what is uncommon. Amen. Because when you connect with God, you open yourself to a world of unlimited possibilities. When you connect yourself with God, you open yourself to a world of unlimited possibilities. Are you all there? All right. Now let's look at this. Now Moses, having known God's ways, if you look at Exodus 34 verse 10, NIV, God revealed his ways to Moses. It says, then the Lord said, I am making a covenant with you before all your people are do wonders, never before dawn in any nation in all the world. 
See, and this has been my stirring to go where no man has ever gone. You see that? Because there's always more in God. There's always something new in God. There's always something greater in God. And it's so important as a child of God, you pursue the uncommon path that God has ordained for you to follow. You see that? It says, before all your people do wonders never before done in any nation in all the world. David said, it's a wonder to many. The people you live among will see how awesome is the work that I, the Lord, will do for you. Say amen. amen. Hallelujah. Now, there's another man that God did amazing things with, and his name was Joshua. Joshua 3, 5 to 7. And Joshua said to people, sanctify yourselves, for the Lord will do wonders among you. The Lord will do wonders among you. You see? And here he talks about consecration. Next, six. Then Joshua spoke to the priest, saying, Take the Ark of the Covenant and cross by the people. So they took the Ark of the Covenant and went before the people. Next. It says, The Lord said to Joshua, This day I'll begin to exalt you in the sight of all Israel, that they may know that as I was with Moses, so I'll be with you. And we realize that Joshua spoke to the sun and the moon, and the Bible lets us know that God hearkened unto Joshua like he had never hearkened to any man. Ephesians 3.20 says, Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think. Exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think. It says, according to the power that works in us. So, God is letting us know our potential. There's within us the potential for more. There's within us the potential for more. It says, now to him who is able to do exceedingly, and I told you now what exceedingly means to so throw beyond the usual map, to go beyond all presupposed limits. In other words, that every limit someone is experiencing is self-imposed. All limits you're experiencing, they are self-imposed. God is not the one limiting you from becoming what you're ordained for you to be. You see that? God has a unique plan for you. He says, now unto him that's able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us. In other words, my capacity for accomplishment is beyond my imagination. My capacity for accomplishment is beyond my imagination. Are we together? All right. So we said uncommon means unusual, extraordinary. It means exceptional, and it means remarkable. We also said accomplishment means your achievement or attainment. Can you remember so the first thing we said was find your purpose. Because the true measure of success is the fulfillment of purpose. It's when we get to heaven, we'll find out that many people were failures, yet they were popular in the earth. You see that? No matter how good a chair this thing makes, if all this, what this monitor does is a failure, because it was ordained to be a speaker. When you live outside your purpose, you're simply a glorified failure. When you leave outside your purpose, you are still a glorified failure. No matter how much money you have, how much impact you think you're making, you think you're making. I remember many uh, materials I've read or even sometimes documentaries and things like that. And they tell you that when people want to die, there are three things that are important to them. Number one, they want to be sure they lived for their purpose. 
Number two, they are considerate about the fact that, hey, they didn't spend time with their family. That's why when people don't die, they start wanting their family members around. And number three, their eternity, where they are going, where they die. And these are the biggest regrets in many lives. And I made up my mind to live my life without regrets. And a life without regrets is possible. I'm going to say it again. A life without regret is possible. Whether you like it or not. Because I know nobody's saying amen because I, can you live your life without regret? Of course, yes. When you're following God's purpose for your life, no matter how painful it is, there's no regret. You've done what you were born to do. So we said, number one, find your purpose. Number two, we said, follow your passion. Follow your passion. And it's important that you turn your passion into profit. Because there's something you were born to do. And whatever God has designed you to do, he'll give you the desire for it. I love to teach. I love to read. It's part of my calling. I love to find information. I love to pray. Because I have a prophetic ministry. And a true prophet should be a person of prayer. Because intercession is the key to prophecy. So, uh, it is my passion. You have your passion. See that? Some of you, your passion is, I remember I was watching a documentary last night in the hospitality business, and there's something beautiful about the people who, in the hospitality business for the most part, they had a vision to be there. They had a dream. They were interviewing a manager of a hotel, and he says, a very expensive hotel, and he said, I knew I was going to do this when I was five years old. One of the best hoteliers in the world, Howard Schultz, he knew when he was 11, he was supposed to be in the hotel industry. See, most people are just pursuing careers that are not connected with God's calling for their lives. And when your career and your calling don't match, you'll be a dissatisfied and a discontented person. See, you'll be insecure. You don't have a fulfillment on your job. And that's why I was talking the other day. I said your vocation and your occupation should match. Your vocation, we learned, we said, is your calling. Can you remember? Because it's from the word vocare, which means to call. It's from your calling. Your vocation is what God has called you to do. Your occupation is a career or job where you can fulfill your vocation or calling. You see that? For instance, let's say you're called to help hurting people. Now, there's a vocation. And your occupation can be a nurse. You see, a nurse helps hurting people. You can have um, an orphanage. You can work in an orphanage because you'll be helping hurting children. See, you need to know what your vocation is and what your occupation is. And when they match, you have fulfillment, you have drive, and you are unmatched in the pursuit of success. Are we together? So we told you to follow your passion. You need to know. I remember they were interviewing a lady yesterday, and she said something very inspiring. And she said, um, I, I don't come to work because I want to come to work. I like it. I like my work. I like the fact I'm responsible. You know, she's from Bulgaria. She, she likes the fact that she's responsible. She enjoys her work. 
If you're not enjoying your work, you are in the wrong profession. And no matter how successful you are in that profession, you will never be truly happy. That's what Jesus said. My meat is to do the will of him that sent me and to finish his work, John 4, 34. See? And if you look at it in the New Living Translation, it says, my nourishment comes from doing the work of the will of God and from finishing it. NLT. From finishing. Hallelujah. So, uh, they, they said that uh, millennials would change. Um, I think, so, I think uh, they, they should work in at least six places before, before they find their balance. Because most people don't know what they're supposed to do. Hallelujah. All right, number three, which we dealt with last week, we said flex your potential. We said to flex is to use or demonstrate. Potential refers to unused ability, untapped capacity, opportunity. Your potential is a future possibility, prospect, or capability. And we dealt with it seriously because there are lots of people who do not flex to flex their potential. What I mean flex, to use, to demonstrate their potential. You exercise the potential to move forward. And many don't. Many don't. Let's look at a few things here. Luke 19, beginning from verse 11. Luke 19, 11. It says, now as they heard these things, he spoke another parable because he was near Jerusalem and because they thought the kingdom of God would appear immediately. Next. It says, therefore he said, a certain nobleman went into a far country to receive for himself a kingdom and to return. Next. And he called ten of his servants, delivered to them ten miners, and said to them, do business till I come. See, you're supposed to invest your potential. In other words, use your ability. Invest your potential in a place where there's returns. One thing I'm always thinking about, it's very strongly lately, is what am I gaining from this? See, if I'm watching something on TV, is what am I gaining? Even if it's a Christian program, what am I gaining? Is this feeding me? It's not doing anything? Change it. Watch something else. It says, do business till I come. The Oaking James says, occupy till I come. And the word is pragmatiomai. It means to do business. So life is like a business. And you know a business is a good business where there is profit. So in your business, first of all, what is your trade? What do you have to trade in life? Are you trading your skill? Are you trading your knowledge? What are you trading? See, God never ordained anyone to fail. No. Ecclesiastes 9-11 will come back here. God never ordained anyone to fail. It says, I returned and saw under the sun that the race is not to the swift. In other words, the fact that the guy is fast doesn't mean he'll win. Then he says, not the battle to the strong. The fact that someone is strong doesn't mean he'll win. No bread to the wise. The fact that someone's educated doesn't mean that he will have food to eat. 
No riches to men of understanding. The father educated doesn't mean you'll be wealthy. No favor to men of skill. But it says, but time and chance happened to them all. In other words, they had an opportunity to exercise their potential. They never exercised their potential. You see that? I was listening to someone on our TV a few days ago. And um, some of you may not be aware, but we have a TV station, New Vision TV. If you get a Strong's decoder, uh, which is a free-to-air decoder, and you search for it, and you find New Vision TV is our TV. And I was watching our TV, and this young man was talking about when you, he's a minister of God, he said, when you invest time with God privately in your younger years, he said, as you grow in ministry, you'll find out that you have great influence because what you've done privately, God will reward you publicly. And you see, most people don't invest their youth. The Bible says it is better for you to bear your burden in your youth. See, your youth is your time of investing. That's your time of investing. But many people play away with their youth. You see that? They play, they play it away. Because they don't have this concept, but we're laying the road map. Go back to Luke 19, verse 13. It says, do business like I come next. But the citizens hated him and after sent a dedication after him saying we will not have this man to reign over us. That's what's happening in the world today. In many nations, you can't use the name of Jesus publicly. In many nations, you can't say marriage is between one man and one wife. You can't say that. You will lose your honor. You could lose your job to say marriage is between one man and one wife. How sad. Next. And so it was that when he returned, having received the kingdom, he commanded these servants to whom he had given the money to be called to him, that he might know how much every man had gained, how? By trading. In other words, are you getting better every day? Are you getting better as a person? Next. It says, then came the first saying, Master, your miner has earned ten miners. Look at what he did for him. He said to him, well done, good servant, because you were faithful and very little, have authority over ten cities. Notice what God is saying. That your measure of influence or your, territor your territorial authority will never be greater than your measure of your productivity. Your territorial authority will never be greater than the measure of your productivity. And that's so important you know that because some people just think that things just happen. No, nothing just happens. You see that? It says, you've been faithful, I'll give you authority over 10 cities. So, you want to be a global phenomenon, it's important that you increase your productivity by flexing your potential. Is this helping anybody today? Now, look at the next, please. It says, and it came, the second came saying, Master, your minus and five minus next. It says, likewise, it said to him, you also be over five cities. Now, notice that it, was, it wasn't God who said, you must be over five cities or you must be over ten cities. Their exercise of their potential determined the influence God could trust them with. So, it is not God stopping you from being a manager. I would love to be a manager, but your productivity rate is very low. Because promotion comes from God. Look at the next place. 
Then another came saying, Master, here's your minor, which I have kept put away in a handkerchief. Next. He says, For I feared you because you're not stand, man. You collect what you did not deposit and report you did not sow. And then I said, what, what, God, what, I, did, I did not go to school. I did not what do I do with my life. Yeah, you have something. Can you mold blocks? Then go mold blocks. What can you do? Can you sweep? Can you wash clothes? You see that? In fact, some of the wealthiest people in the world never darkened the door of a university. In other words, they never went to university. It's the capacity to trade your potential. What is it you have that you can use to earn a living? What is it you have? Put it to use. Put it to work. Can you draw? Then be an artist. What is it you have? This man, he, he, he didn't use what he had. Next. Oh, we're 22 now? Oh, thank you. And he said to him, out of your own mouth, I will judge you, you wicked servant. You knew that I was an austere man, collecting what I did not deposit and reaping what I did not sow. Next. Why then did you not put my money in the bank that at my coming, I might have collected with interest? Notice interested in interest. You see that? When you stand before God on the day of judgment, what would you have treated your life for? I remember the wealthiest man in Australia. Then, I don't know whether he's still the wealthiest man. He used to be a Christian, Peter J. Daniels. He said, what you are today is what you treated your life for. What you are today. It's what you treated your time for. What you are today. What you have today is what you traded your life for. Where you are today is what you traded your life for. You are trading every day. Everybody has 24 hours in a day. Rich, poor. Everybody has two eyes for the most part. In fact, there are blind men who produce music. You can't make an excuse. The song we sing is Feliz Navidad. Every, every Christmas, can't remember the blind man's name now. He, he, he wanted to learn how to play guitar. He liked music and nobody trained him. So he got the guitar, started playing the guitar by himself and he would enjoy his fingers. His fingers started bleeding. He learned to play guitar by himself, a blind boy. And now God gives him the honor every Christmas, everywhere in the world. People sing, Feliz Navidad. God gave him authority over nations because he exercised his potential. Are you exercising your potential? We give excuses. There's nobody to teach me. Nobody. If there was somebody there, that's laziness. It's called laziness. Excuses are alibis. It's called laziness. Nobody. There's nobody. If there was somebody now, eh? there are little girls who teach themselves how to draw. And they are phenomenal the girls right right now in the world. Say nobody, nobody can teach me. If uh, there's anybody, if, if there's somebody to teach me, hey, Peter J. Daniels learned how to read at 26. He got born again at 26. At 16 years of age, he was still in primary one. He wasn't doing very well. His teacher now told him that he would never become anything. But he got born again and realize that everybody has the same brain like he has. So he bought three dictionaries, one in the city room, one in his car, one in his bathroom. 
So whenever he's sitting down on the throne, he's reading a dictionary. And he learned how to read. He says, if anywhere he's going, he, or when he reads, he finds a word, he doesn't know how to pronounce it. He will call somebody and say, can you pronounce this word for me? And the person pronounced it and said, since he doesn't know what it is, so he will ask many other people, he doesn't know whether you know what you are saying. And a man that learned how to read at 26 became the wealthiest man in Australia. If that's possible in Australia, it's possible in Nigeria. Are we together? So flex your potential. Do something what you have. And nobody now. There's nobody to help me. I'm telling you, I know how far I'd have gone if there was somebody. And a blind boy is playing and is bleeding with his fingers. Look, next. And he said to those who stood by, take the miner from him and give it to him who has ten miners. Next. But he said to him, Master, he has ten miners. Next. For I say to you that everyone who has, who has will be given, and from him who does not have, even what he has will be taken away from him. So like, I, there's nobody to help me. And the, and the way I am, if there's somebody, eh, you're put, what, what is ordained for you will be given to another person. So some of you, who knows? Has your wealth, your opportunity been given to another person? Because you make excuses. There's nobody. If there was somebody, if there was someone to train me, if train yourself. I've met people who train themselves. I met a man who I think he has he has a master's degree. He has an icon, and he's a wajah walker. He used to train himself. From the village, Nembe village, how they would enter Kenu and go and do all kinds of stuff. It was just just him. I was just looking at him. So I trained myself. And in today's generation, nobody to train me. And you know how to eat. Did anybody train you to eat? See, the same guy that said nobody to train me. So boy, if you eat correct fish, when you when as you take the fresh fish, you put it in your mouth, let it stay small. So the taste melts inside your mouth. Who taught you that? Who taught you? Matthew 25. I wanted to look at our potential. Is anybody being helped today? Let's begin from verse 14. For the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country who called his own servants and delivered his goods to them. Now, whatever you have as a talent or ability is a gift of trust. You are a steward of that potential. My ability to teach is his ability to teach. So I'm a steward. I got to use it. I got to invest it. Next. For to one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one. Now, all fingers are not equal, but none of them is useless. To each one, according to his own ability, and immediately went on a journey. Next. Then he who had received five talents went and traded with them and made another five talents. 
Now, there's a difference between a talent and a skill. A talent is a gift from God. A skill is what you develop. See, you turn your talent into a skill through practice. See, I have a gift of teaching. But right now, I have a skill of communication. In other words, if you observe me, there's a way I teach. You see that? I lay my point one after another. It's a skill. It can be learned. See, there are many people who teach. There are many people who preach. And people tell you, boy, there's something about the way you lay out the point. It's a skill. It gave me a talent. I turned it into a skill. It is skill that is marketable. Are we together? Verse 17. And likewise, he who received two, gained two more also. He improved. He improved it. See, he improved it. God wants you to improve what you have. Next. But he who had received one went and dug in a ground and hid his lost money. Next. And after a long time, you see, your talent is your potential for wealth. Your talent. There's something that you you know how to do and it comes effortlessly to you. Why don't you invest in it? Why don't you market it? Something that is good for God and good for man. See? And after a long time, a lot of those servants came and settled accounts with them. Next. We all give account of ourselves. So he who had five talents came and brought five other talents, saying, Lord, you delivered to me five talents. Look, I have gained five more talents besides them. Next. It's Lord certain, well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. Notice, notice God. God says, give authority to productive people. Sometimes you learn that the hard way. Especially in churches. See, you, you, you give authority, you delegate authority to productive people. Because when they have more authority and they are productive, it expands the scope of their productivity. You see that? Sometimes we learn it the hard way. You want to have speed in your work, pastors, delegate authority to productive people. Because faithfulness and fruitfulness are synonymous in the kingdom of God. I'm going to say it again. Faithfulness and fruitfulness are synonymous in the kingdom of God. So in the kingdom of God, you're not faithful because you come to church. You're faithful because you come to church and you're fruitful. Next. He also had received two talents, came and said, Lord, you delivered to me two talents. Look, I have gained two more talents besides them. Next. His Lord said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a few things. I'll make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. Now notice it says, enter into, there's a fulfillment that comes from productivity. 
Since you are faithful of a few things, I'll make a ruler over many things. So promote productive people. You guys, you have a business, promote productive people. Don't promote them because they're your brother. Don't promote them because they're your sister or they're your cousins. Promote productive people and you will never regret it. 24. Then you had received the one talent came and said, Lord, I know you to be a hard man, reaping where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. Next. And I was afraid and I went and hid your talent in the ground. Look, there you have what is yours. Some of you, your talent is still the same. You have not improved it. You have not improved it. See, a good artist spends time practicing and improving and honing his skills. A good singer. I remember then, Whitney Houston, every 5 a.m., doing all she needs to do at 5 a.m. in the morning. That's why she had that voice. Michael Jackson would spend 16 hours in the studio. 16 hours. See, there's a difference between talent and skill. There are many people who can sing, but they will never make money from their voices because all they have is talent. It takes diligence to turn talent into skill. Are you following me? These things are very important because many of you have great potential. Potential is useless without exercise. Next, please. But his Lord answered and said to him, you wicked and lazy servant. Many people are lazy. They think they will succeed because they can sing. No, you succeed because you're disciplined. In fact, they said something they said, the most successful people in the world are not the most talented people because talent can deceive you to be lazy. In fact, for instance, um, there's a big company in the world, and the man has died now. It's one of the most profitable company in the world, companies in the world. And he, he, he was not an engineer. His friend decided, designed the computer, and he said, let's start a business and sell the things we make. And he launched Apple. And he was not an engineer. His friend that had the talent. Many don't even know his name. But we remember the one that could turn the talent into a business. Skill. You wicked and lazy servant, you knew I reap where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. Next. So you ought to have deposited my money with the bankers and my coming and my receive, receive, I would have received back my own with interest. Next. Notice that he's always interested in interest. He wants to see something better than the way you were. If, just think of if you never, if you never brushed your hair or combed your hair from childhood. Now you'd be dada. But you... Stretch it. You make it better. Some of you, when God made you, you were black. You screeded your beauty. Kadroski falagiga. 
Hallelujah. Look at this. So take the talent from him and give it to him who has ten talents. Next. For to everyone who has, more will be given and he will have abundance. But from him who does not have, even what he has will be taken away. You see that? The poor will get poorer and the rich will get richer. It's even in the Bible. The poor will get poor because even that which he has will be taken away. Are you using what God gave you? Tiger Woods, I heard his father used to bring him out early in the morning at about 4 a.m. when he was four years old to learn how to play golf. <laughs> Talent became skill. Now, many of us who could play football, but we never became football stars because all we had was what? Talent. Yesterday, I stumbled on something on, on football and they played. They, they crossed the ball to a particular guy. And when the ball was coming to this guy, the guy trapped the ball with his back of his leg. That's a skill. Have you not seen some of those ball jugglers? And they juggle the ball, juggle, juggle the ball, juggle, throw it up, put it on your head, throw it up, hit it at bots, and hit it, 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 hit it. Jesus Christ, how? It is skill. It doesn't a gift, just get better boy. Then Mitro, give it to me, Lord. Because I like to have it to entertain my children. Talent must become skill. I can read very well, is a talent. It becomes a skill when you can finish a 200-page book in two hours. That's skill. Because the more you read, the better you read. Talent must become skill. I teach a lot, but I never lose my voice. I scarcely lose my voice. It's a skill. Because I learned breath control when I was 17 years old. So when I'm teaching, I'm doing breath control so my voice doesn't break. So the talent became skill. It 
See, a lot of you just have talents and you're wondering why you're not going anywhere. And you're not going anywhere until the talent becomes skill. A man that could play basketball, Charles Barkley, every evening by 7 p.m., will go and practice his free throws till 11 p.m. every night. So that whenever he holds the ball and throws it, he enters. Talent had become skill. How people would go under under a swimming pool, learning how to jump from under a swimming pool, learning how to jump from under a swimming pool. So when they jump, they can just stay like that because they've trained themselves skill. The fact that you're talented doesn't mean you get anywhere. Talent is cheap. Talent is like oxygen. Skill is curse. When you do it in a way that no one else is doing it, you make a mark that cannot be erased. Michael Jordan was acting a movie. In fact, in the early days, they said he would not be able to play basketball. But he turned his talent to skill. And basketball can never forget Michael Jordan. He was acting a movie. And he gave the people one condition. I'm going to act in this movie. Make sure you actually design and build for me a basketball court by the set where I'm acting. So when there's a break from the acting, it goes back to rehearse his free throws, rehearse his moves, because talent must keep on becoming skill. Whatever you're paid right now, you see a word to an organization. Whatever you're paid right now, it's your words to humanity. Because money is a measure of value. It's time to get back. I mean, improve on yourself. I mean, to read. You buy books. You go on the internet. You're turning your talent to skill. And very, very soon, the whole world will be the doorstep to your house. I rest my case. Thank you for listening to this message. As we preach the full message of this new life, our goal is to raise the people who are like Jesus by exposing them to the influence of God's word and his spirit in an atmosphere of love so that they may be able to take the love of God, the word of God, and the healing power of God to every individual within their sphere of contact. For more information on how you can get other messages by Apostle David Wiley Fessel, visit us at Charismatic Renaissance International Church, Kilometer 9 and 10, along Isaac Boro Expressway, Birubulu, Yenegua, Bayoso State. You can also visit our website at crichurch.org. Follow us on Facebook at Charismatic Renaissance or call 
or 005-120-4708. God bless you.